Welcome to the official podcast of the Advanced Movers Initiative in Spring Ranch ISD in Houston, Texas, where we are providing opportunities for every child, every day, every minute, every way. We hope to energize, motivate, and inspire you by the great things that are taking place in our school district and community. If you want to join the conversation, hop on social media by visiting us today on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Uh, I, I started as a coach. Uh, I, I, wanted to be, I wanted to be a coach, uh, a basketball coach, and I wanted to be a college basketball coach from the time I got, got to school here at A&M. Uh, and I was, I was intentional about that. So when I came to school in 96, uh, that summer before, I started to try to reach out to anybody and everybody I could know uh, that would have some touch with not only the athletic department, but specifically with the men's basketball program. Um, and if you you guys won't understand this, maybe, but um, when in '96 the internet literally was was kind of new. Uh, it wasn't rolled out to every single person the way it is now. And uh, phones were carried in a bag. And I'm not I'm not trying to be funny, but we didn't have access to the information uh, the way you all do. You have access to information, and you know you have the ability to touch the CEO of XYZ company, whether it's via Facebook. Um, maybe you follow them on Twitter. Uh, maybe you maybe you go touch them on LinkedIn uh, or Snapchat. Um, there, there's a lot of different mediums that you all have at your at your disposal, um, and that I'm going to encourage everybody to use. Uh, I am a bad Snap face, Twit chat. I, like I just I don't have it. I don't have uh, my my wife makes fun of me. I don't have the Facebook. And I know it's not called the Facebook, right? Um, and, and so I don't have those things. And, and so uh, you all have an opportunity to be uh, unbelievable relationship brokers. All right, that's, that's kind of what I consider myself as a relationship broker um, because I, I don't really have any particular skill uh, in terms of getting this computer to work up there. I will struggle with that all day. I can't, you know, I, I struggle at my house changing the outlet. I'll do it. Um, but but I can promise you this: um, if, if you need it and 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 it, and it needs to be done, I'll find a way to get it done, and I'll go solicit uh, and and beg and borrow and help and get people to help us get it done. And and so that that's kind of been one of my my calling cards. Uh, we're going to talk to you about four major points, um, and this kind of changes, uh, and we'll see where it goes. But but really, we're we're going to talk about relationships. We're going to talk about values. Uh, we're going to talk about professionalism, uh, and, and then we're going to talk about preparedness and kind of kind of tie that up. Um, I'm going to ask you some questions, uh, and we've even got some door prizes. Uh, and the closet was kind of uh, closet was kind of sparse this morning, so um, but, but that's okay. So let's let's kind of talk about relationships, right? Um, and, and as Coach Mike said, like I'm a relationship guy. Uh, you know, I want to get to know you. Uh, one of the first things I do in my classes that I teach is, is I sit down and I talk to all of them and I try to figure out, you know, what school you're from and, and you know, what's your name, what's, what school are you from, uh, what town are you from. And what that does for me is that allows me to start connecting, right? Not connecting at a superficial level, not at, not at just, hey, my name's TJ, hi, your name's John, move on, right? Like, I, I'm going to see these students again and again. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna be with them, and once once I make that connection, they're they're now in my network. 
They're now on my network. And for them, I encourage, I encourage my students to call on me and let me help you. I don't know what you want to do, but if you're in one of my classes, you're one of my students, or you're one of my team members that works on my team as a student, like this, this part of your life here at Texas A&M and here with TJ Markham is a small part. Um, I want to try to help you with what you think is the larger scale. Um, and so it's important for me to connect with you. And the reason why I asked uh, what school you went, went for is Stratford, right? Mm -hmm. Right, so I just automatically think uh, I-10 corridor close to Westside High School because I was a basketball coach and I used to go and recruit guys from Westfield and Stratford and, and Fort Bend. And so I try to identify what school you go to with kind of what area it is. Uh, and then I'll automatically say, well, well is so-and-so still the basketball coach there? You know, like Chester Smith is at, uh, was at Westside, you know, there anymore. But I would call, you know, so I try to find out, well, who's the basketball coach, right? Did you play basketball? Um, and, and why am I doing it? Just to establish connection, right? Because if you and I know that same person, we connect, right? And now we're connected. Um, and so it's important in the initial phases of your relationship building that, that, that you connect with people. All right, and, and you got to do it in your own way. I tell my students all the time, like you can't you can't necessarily go in and connect with, with folks the way I connect with them. That's okay. Listen, my way is not always the best way. Uh, you know, I'm kind of uh, I'm kind of like come in and 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 I, I'm kind of loud and and I talk a lot and, and I just try to meet everybody in the room um, and, and that's that's helped me. Um, the best way that's helped me uh, was, was when I started. I told you that I, that I wanted to connect with the men's basketball team when I got here, and so so I did. And and I got connected with a guy named Kevin Hurley. Um, and I called him on the phone. Sorry, the phone was connected to the wall. So I called him on the phone. Y'all know what that is. That's a dial, right? Go look that up. Your phone's dial one number at a time, then it went back. So I called him on the phone, connected to the wall. Uh, Mr. Hurley, this is TJ Markham. I want to be a basketball manager. I was told by, by Jason Hightower, who was told by Eddie Smith, that we need to contact you. Okay, uh, I'll see you on Friday at 8 a.m. Boom, got it. That's what Kevin said to me. So I hung up Friday, show up, 8 a.m. I look good. I think I look good. <laughs> I'll bet you if there's a picture of it, I wouldn't. I think I look good, but I, I looked as good as I thought I could. I showed up, I tell the secretary, uh, what was her name? I can't remember her name. I don't have a good relationship with her. No. Um, and I said, hey, I'm here to see Kevin Hurley. Uh, we have an 8 a.m. meeting. So she's like, hold on, can you sit down? So I sit down, I'm kind of waiting. And she kind of goes back to the back. And, and I can tell he's there, right? Like I can see his office, says his name. And he's like, and then she comes back. Uh, you know, Kevin's got to run to a meeting. He just said, can you wait? Yep, I can wait. So I sit there. <laughs> you play on your phone? Oh, oh! No, it was connected to the wall. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> About 11.30, this guy comes bipping and bopping through, through the door. You know, picks up his messages. Messages were written down on paper back then. Seriously, he picked them up and he walked back to his office. Secretary goes back. She's like, "Kid, TJ's still out here waiting." And it's about 11:30, right? He's like, "Oh, Kevin comes back 
And he says, you want to be a manager? I go, yes, sir. He goes, okay. Uh, ask the secretary for JD's number, call him and get connected with him. Uh, and he'll tell you what to do. That was the meeting, right? Right, that might piss you off, right? Yes. You want to know something else? You know how much money I was making as a manager? No. Zero. Oh. Volunteer. Every every first year manager has to volunteer for you. And then you get paid? Maybe. There's a chance. I'll come back to this. You got to build the relationship. You got to steward the relationship. But stewarding, you know, what does it mean when I say I want to steward a relationship? Take care of it, protect it. There you go. That's that's actually perfect. I'm gonna add that to my notes. Take care of it and protect it. It's, if it's important to you, right? You got to steward your relationship. Third thing. You have to sustain it, okay? And sustaining and stewarding are similar, but sustaining means you have to do that over time, over a long period of time, maybe even 20 years. So that was 96 when Kevin Hurley and I had our first meeting. How long was the meeting? What do you think? How long do you think that meeting was? Two minutes. Two minutes, that's generous. Right, I like 27 and 28, I'm with you in a minute. Um, Let's fast forward, fast forward in time, in our little time machine. Our phones are now not attached to the wall, but attached to our hand, right? Because we're always, you know, yeah, my, even my kids, right? So they're not attached to the wall, but they're attached to my hand. 2016, okay? Um, and, and really even a little, excuse me, a little bit before that. So maybe like 18 years, I think it was 2014. Um, I go back to work in some rendition of my current position. Um, and does anybody know who I work for? Kevin Hurley. How about that? How about that? And and our, it's all on our first meeting, right? We made it, we, we, he made an impression on me, I made an impression on him. Um, I had to do some things over the next four years from 96 to, to 99, 2000 to not make an impression on him, but make an impact on him, I, I, I think. Um, I had to continue to steward that relationship as I had my first couple of jobs. Um, and, and then we've had a sustained relationship and the relationship has changed several times. He was my boss. Uh, he was my number one mentor for a lot of years. Uh, he introduced me to my current wife, uh, who I have two children, Cameron and Madeline. Uh, my wife's name's Kristen. Um, and now I've come back and I, I work for him and our relationship is changing a little more. It, he's now coming to me and, and he's seeking my counsel on things that um, he hasn't sought my counsel on before. Uh, and, and we're making what I think are important, impactful decisions together uh, on the future of our unit in the department, and it's fun. Let's talk about values. Who knows for sure what they want to do when they grow up? Raise your hand. 
For sure. No doubt. You right. What? You sure? Okay. Good. That's good. Who doesn't know? Good. I'm in the do doesn't know. Okay. If you know, that's outstanding. You still need to do this. You need to discover what you value. You may not know. Other people, other people have ideas about what you value. Two types of values. You have uh, you have your stated values, which is what? It's like mom, my mom. Or no, I'm not gonna throw my mom on the bus. She told me that about in frustration. It comes knows knows me pretty well. Uh, I would say some things that probably are nice things. And we say one well, four letter words. And and, and uh, I've gotten a lot better. And as I get get children, you you have to get better. But in frustration, when I say these four, four letter words, uh, they repeat them right. So I say, do as I say, not not what I do, right? So that that could be a stated value, right? Like my son is looking at me like, oh, coach, you, you value saying, you know, y'all pick one, y'all burn. Um, but you're telling me not, right? So my behavior says one thing, right? But I say something out. So stated versus behavior, okay? Another thing, listen, you can identify your, your, your values through your behaviors. Um, and listen, they're not gonna stay the same. They're not gonna stay the same. Are you the same person you were? Four years ago? How old are you? 16. So when you're 12, do you value the same things, whether material or spiritually or mentally or more than likely no, right? So your value should change and adapt and evolve the way you do. So you have behavioral and stated. And it's important that those things align if you're serious about it. Does that make sense? The, your behaviors and the things you say are valuable. They, they, they got out of line. And we're going to bring this back to coaching. And then in that alignment of your stated and your behavioral values, you should find some type of balance. Now listen, I am not the Zen dude, feng shui guy. No, I'm not. So this is a little touchy feely for me, even though I'm a touchy feely guy. Uh, but your behaviors and the things you say you believe in, they have to align to bring balance to your life. Does that does that make sense to everybody? Like this is not earth shattering stuff, right? It, it's it's real simple, right? How many of us have done something we know is wrong and we did it anyway, right? If you don't want to say, you don't want to do it, right? We, so, and then how many of us afterwards felt not good about ourselves, ashamed? And I'm look, I'm not talking about anything great, right? This could be something as simple as my son sneaking a piece of candy, right? See, something easy, but when I catch him, deer in headlights. Well, why? Because I caught him, and why is he like that? Why? Why do you think he's like that? 
Because he knows he's not supposed he's to. He's not supposed to be doing that, right? And so what's happening? His his stated values and his behaviors are not aligning, causing an imbalance in his life. Right? Not rocket science here. I can promise you that. Right? You need to learn what your values are. Uh, and I'll give Sam, Sam, I got a worksheet that I stole. Um, I actually paid for it, but I stole from the Disney Institute uh, on leadership uh, that, could you copy and hand out to the group at some point? Yeah. All right. I, if you can, I mean, we, uh, I'll give y'all my email. You can email me. I'll send it to you. I promise. Um, so you kind of do a value on it. The way I did mine, um, I, I, I took it seriously, but I didn't really do one until I was 38 years old. And, and so what I did was I gave the people that work for me in their exit interview, I asked them to tell me what they think I value. Why, why do you think I did that? Why do you think I asked them that? See how your relationship was? See, our relationship was, what else? You know their perspective of you. So I know what, what their perspective is. What were you going to say? See, see what the impact was? Really, that, all that's true. I want to know. Not from an egotistical thing, but I want to know, what do you think I value? Right? Because I'm going to tell you my four core values. And I've told them my four core values. Not till after they tell me what my core values are. Because that's how I'm going to know, do my behaviors line up with what I say I value? Right? And sometimes it gets complicated, but look, here are my four values. Um, and some of them are kind of hyphenated, uh, but uh, personal appearance is important to me. One way I know that I value personal appearance is uh, Coach Mike and I were going to a meeting in 2013 in February at the Hagler Center. Um, if you Google me, there's a picture of me and you uh, on there. It's funny because I don't think you know I don't I don't think it's that big of a despair. <laughs> But there it is, you're usual not. Uh, we were going to a meeting, and and, and uh, I showed up to the meeting, and I said, or, or, or it was either I showed up or we talked about it before. Maybe we talked about it before. I'm getting getting the facts confused. But Mike said to me, he goes, DJ, I'm not ever worried about what you're going to wear or what you're going to look like when you show up. What does that tell me? It tells me my actual behavior lines up with, with what he believes and it's what I say I believe. I, I believe in personal appearance. Doesn't mean you have to wear fancy clothes or it just, I care about what my presentation is to other people. I care about what it is to you today. I care about what you think about it today, right? Whether you like what I'm wearing or not, um, I took a shower this morning and, and washed my hands and face and, and I put on some of my best clothes because I, I want to make a good impression on you. Work-life balance. Work-life balance is important to me. Um, and your generation, the, I think y'all are still millennials. Are they still millennials, coaches? Teachers? I don't know if they are. Yeah. Uh, is there another one? Okay. M millennials scream at future employers and current employers, um, I will work as hard as I can, and I will do almost anything you've asked me to. I need to know two things. One, why are we doing it? What's the greater good? And am I still going to have time? For myself. So work-life balance is important to millennials. It's important to me. 
Um, and I think it maybe it was important to our, my parents and my grandparents. Um, it's they were raised in a way that that, that they didn't think they could make that choice. Um, and, and so that's a good thing that I think that I stole from millennials is, is, is I work really hard and I play hard, but work-life balance is important. Um, the third one, enthusiasm and passion. Um, when I become disinterested in what I'm doing, I, I go do something else. I've done a lot of things. I was a basketball manager. I was a young division one men's basketball coach. Um, I, I went and worked, uh, I was a high school coach. I came back and I was, uh, I worked at Texas A&M on their staff and then we got fired. So at this level, if you go 0 and 16 in the big 12 conference, they fire you, right? So they fired me. So I didn't have, I didn't have anything to do. And so I went overseas and was a contractor and worked with the soldiers, uh, our U.S. soldiers in Iraq and, uh, and uh, not, I was just, I was in Iraq, but I was in Dubai as well uh, for a year. One of the best, best things that ever could have happened to me. I grew up, uh, I, I, was, I was very immature, and so that helped me grow up. But um, I would change, and don't be scared to change when you lose a passion for something, and that's okay. Um, the fourth thing, and, and I, I think I stole this from Deerfoot, was, is respect. It's all respect's always been important to me. I've always valued respect, and I've always shut down on people when they're disrespectful. Does that make sense? It, you know, it, no matter what, and, and if you're gonna if you're gonna be able to build relationships in the right manner, you you, you have to you have to show respect, and you have to be respectful. And you can be respectful even if I'm talking to you and you work for me and we have a problem. I could be I could be respectful and shouldn't you expect? I think so. Am I always respectful? Have I been disrespectful? 100%. Right? No, no question. So those are my four values. Um, I, I try to I try to have my behaviors match up with what I just told you. Uh, and I'm not perfect at all. I know it's hard for y'all to believe based on what you know. <laughs> Two more points. Two more points. Uh, professionalism. So being a coach, and if you're a coach at the uh, junior high or secondary level, uh, you're a coach and a teacher, there's no way around it. There's no difference. There's no difference. When I was growing up as a young coach, my favorite part was the games. You know why it was the games? It was exciting. For me, it was wearing a suit to the games and being seen. I mean, it was the coolest thing for people to call me when I was a student here and say, TJ, hey. Oh, sorry. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and we saw you on TV, right? My dad would call me and he would see me on the ESPN game. That was cool to me. I always liked the games. I always liked to dress up. We always were on kind of a big stage. Um, and I always liked that. Um, you know, but as I really started to hone my craft and, and started to, to really channel my enthusiasm and passion for coaching, it was practice. It was always practice for me. Practice is where we got down and we were teaching things. And practice is where we could take 
what we did or didn't do in the games, go watch the film and try to make some corrections. And listen, there's value in watching film in almost anything that you do in almost any industry. Let me give you an example. I have a friend of mine uh, who works in the insurance industry. He is an executive for State Farm, which is a large company, and he speaks to groups of his peers, other agents, and, and, uh, and, and he speaks to large groups. And so he went to a conference uh, recently in uh, San Francisco, uh, which will help him hone that. And the first thing they did was they got up and they said, okay, deliver us your best speech, your best two minute speech. So he does it, they film everybody. And then the next four hours is them with a one-on-one -on -one coach breaking down the film, them speaking, right? So whether you want to be a coach or not, it's important to watch film if you can. Um, because you, you can see yourself how, how other people see you, right? And it's a little embarrassing to watch yourself speak at first. Or if, you, if you ever listen to yourself speak, you're like, I sound like that? Am I that country? Yeah. <laughs> um, so coaching is a profession, right? Not just a job, a lot of jobs in there, but it's a profession. Fourth thing, because I'm running out of time, preparedness. How many people in this room have has taken a class, or if you're an athlete, gone to practice and had an unprepared teacher or coach? You, ra you raised your hand first, young lady. Um, you don't have to tell me who it was. Um, how did you know? There you go. If you're coaching, you gotta be prepared because your audience, your team, or your students, guess what? Just like you knew, we're gonna know. All right, this is the last thing I'm gonna, this is the last thing I'm gonna talk to you. I talked about doing a value audit of your values. Within that value, does everybody know what I mean by an audit? Audit kind of gets a bad, a bad word. It means evaluate your values. Go evaluate them. Say, I believe in this, 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 and this, right? And then really think about, is that really what I believe in? And then part of the evaluation is asking your peers, hey, I say I believe in this, this, and this. Do you think I do? And they might be like, no, if they're being honest, right? That's an audit. You're, you're taking an evaluation of kind of the things you do. Within that, you need to do a people audit. This is tough. Three types of people. Stole this too, don't worry. <laughs> Three types of people. I'm gonna start from the negative and work back to the positive. VDDs, very demoralizing, down, depressing people. VDPs. This is a tough one. I like to start with the hardest thing I have to do all day. I try to do it first. If I have bad news to deliver, I'm delivering it to my boss first thing in the morning. Why? I can breathe and then I can do my work. Take a look at the people in your life. 
VDPs. You got to get rid of them. You have to disassociate with them. Right? And these are people that you may have tried to reach out to. They may have been VNPs. And instead of coming here, they went here. VNPs. Very neutral people. Okay? Um, and, and this is what kind of I think of. Now, this is just my perception. Listen, and I'm not saying I'm right or wrong. This is my perception and my belief is I kind of think of kind of Colorado like that now. You know, like people go to Colorado so that they can buy weed and, and smoke it and just. And so I kind of think, I, I have friends that smoke a lot of, of weed in, in college and and it was not never something that, that tempted me or, 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 or got me going, but just kind of think, oh man, everything's okay. You know what? Worry about nothing and nothing will be okay. Get it? If you worry about nothing, nothing will be okay. VNPs, very neutral people. You got a chance to save them. You have a chance to, to be a VEP and save them, right? But if you can't, you got to push them off your fence and move on. VEPs, most important, you got to get around these people. You got to connect with these people as much as possible. Very energetic, enthusiastic people. You got to get around. You need to surround. The more VEPs you're surrounded with, guess what you become? Because what does mom and dad say? What does grandma and grandpa say? What do your teachers and coaches say? Well, you're hanging out with those guys. All right. Any questions from you guys before I get to my question? Remember to join the conversation by keeping up with us on social media by following Advanced Movers on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We look forward to collaborating with you in the future.